it up. Let's dump this truck. Back it up, back it up. Let's dump this truck. Hello and welcome to Bad Romance. I'm Jordane Searles. And I'm Caroline Conrad. And this week we are talking about a movie that has been on the list for a while, but I was actually a little worried that it might be too boring. But it is it is Edward Zwick's About Last Night, which is from 1986, starring Rob Lowe, Demi Moore, Jim Belushi, and Elizabeth Perkins. I finally decided that we were going to do this because as a rom-com expert, I sometimes take for granted, like, there are, like, fundamental things about the genre that, you know, not everybody knows because other people have lives. I, I don't have lives. So... About Last Night is a pretty classic example of a bad rom-com with, and it's like, so it's good to look historically at what a bad rom-com looks like and how we ended up with, for example, something that we haven't done yet, like Wedding Crashers. It comes from this school of thought. (laughs) And so I think it's a very important part of Caroline's rom-com education, which I which I am facilitating. <laughs> I love that. I totally can see it. I don't know if I should. I mean, I'm. It's gonna happen. My uncle, actually, who is like a retired actor, actually has a small part in Wedding Crashers. He punched Owen Wilson in the face, so that's a fun fact for you. Uh, oh yeah. When we eventually get there, I'll have some. I'll have some. <laughs> you know, gossip on it. My, he had auditioned for Bradley Cooper's role, but was quote unquote, not preppy enough. I think he wanted a blonde or closer to a blonde. <laughs> That's what he said. Anyway. Anyway, sorry to love, tell you, Uncle David. I, I love Bradley Cooper being seen as preppy, which I guess he was at a time. And then he went off and decided that he was going to be a, a very different kind of weirdo. And, you know, good for God him. Bless him. Someone has to wear those denim jacket shirts. <laughs> So uh, About Last Night is based on a play by David Mamet called Sexual Perversity in Chicago. It was remade with an all-black cast in 2014. I actually do not remember if I've covered it on the show or not. I'm actually going to have to check the backlog. That movie, while not my favorite, is definitely better than this. But this is Mm. really just the purest form of men are from mars women are from venus how are they ever going to work together (laughs) well and particularly like the men are from mars women are from venus and like who's to say who's right like everyone's Everyone has their perspective. Um, exactly. This is also a movie that wants me to think of Rob Lowe as a hot person, and unfortunately, I cannot. I know too much <gasps> about him. Um, He's but definitely it is a pretty impo- boy in this Im- movie. But it is important to talk about his career up until this point. So he has done The Outsiders. He's done... A movie called Class, which I feel like I have started many times and not finished. We'll probably do on the podcast. I'm not going to say anything more about it. The Hotel New Hampshire, one of my favorite movies about weird white families doing weird shit. Also, I think a bear is involved. Ooh, I didn't have to watch that. We got Oxford Blues, which is apparently a movie 
that I will never watch, St. Elmo's Fire, which is the first movie that he did with with Demi Moore. This is this so this is the second movie that they're doing together. And right before this, what is this? Young Blood? What is this? I don't know. There were so many movies like in the 80s that were just like pretty boys are very troubled and they're getting into stuff. And so, oh my God, of course, Patrick Swayze was in this one too. Rob Lowe and Patrick Swayze. So this was this was uh, Rob Lowe at, at the height of his powers, at the height of Brat Pack powers, which Demi Moore, who is also in St. Elmo's Fire, also part of the mythical Brat Pack. Of course, they hated being called that. They were just a bunch of actors that were big in the 80s that did a lot of movies together. And yeah, this is kind of after, yeah, St. Elmo's Fire was her first big role. And then there was this. There was some stuff before this, including something called No Small Affair, which we might do on the podcast. I'm not sure. And the only thing that I know about No Small Affair is that I'm pretty sure she took John Cryer's virginity when they made that movie together. I'm pretty sure. And I could be wrong. Like, I was looking in the emails just like, don't say that. But I think Demi Moore did take John Cryer's virginity. And I think it did happen with that movie. And of course, blame it for her. (laughs) And of course, blame it on Rio, which we will probably do on the podcast. Unfortunately, Demi Moore is in a lot of movies that work for the podcast, but that's really not like it's, it has nothing to do with no fault. It's no fault of hers. I love her. Everybody knows that she's one of my favorite white women. Demi Moore. Love you. Saw that you had a beautiful Christmas. I I love that for you, babe. (laughs) Rob. I thought she was amazing in this. I mean, this just speaks to my ignorance. Like, if you had asked me who the Brat Pack was, I would have said, like, Molly Ringwald, John Cusack, and then probably I wouldn't have had anything else to say, and apparently John Cusack wasn't even nope, in it. Nope, he wasn't. So... <laughs> he was, like, he was like on the fringes of it, but no, it was Andrew McCarthy, Ali Sheedy, Molly Ringwald, Rob Lowe, Demi Moore, Emilio Estevez. Those were kind of, like, that's that was the core. Interesting. Okay, so I had... 16 Candles on EHS, I think, as a kid. Maybe it was a DVD. So I've seen that a bunch of times. And then I've seen Pretty in Pink, and I've seen 16, or The Breakfast Club a couple times. But that's sort of the extent of my wading into that pool. So Oh, man, you you gotta see St. Almost Fire. What a picture. Yeah, well, it was interesting. I saw that, I think Roger Ebert said that about last night is what St. Elmo's Fire should have been. <laughs> yeah, that's because Roger Ebert was a famously horny individual. And I think that this very true. And I think that this movie has more for has more for him on that front than than mm. St. Elmo's Fire, which is more about like what are we going to do with our lives? Where are we going? kind of mm. storytelling. Where this is more like I don't know. This is also a bit more, a way more base because the story is essentially Rob Lowe and Demi Moore have an attraction. They try to have a relationship and their main points of conflict are that, um, well, Rob Lowe's best friend is Jim Belushi. Demi Moore's best friend is Elizabeth Perkins. Jim Belushi is doing his Jim Belushi thing, which is, 
I am a man. Men do this. R R R. I don't know what like like. I don't know. R R R. I think it's actually an important addition because there is a lot of like sort of primal seeming like. I'm man. I'm like gorilla. Like men do this. It's like that. You know, there's that. I don't know why this keeps coming up as a reference for me, but there's like that SNL sketch. Have you seen Boy Wells for Boys? No. And I don't know why I said no, that's R, okay. R, R. Like, I was trying to say, like, R. <laughs> like I was... Right. Well, I got kind of like a R, but it also kind of sounded like a seal <laughs> or an A. And I think both are appropriate. <laughs> anyway, this SL sketch is very good. It's like Julio Torres, Erda, I think. But it's like, there's just a quick clip. It's like, some boys lived unexamined lives. And you quote the boys just like shooting each other with nerf guns or something. And like, Jim Belushi is the man that has grown out of that boy who led an unexamined life. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, that's kind of the basis to his comedy and his show, According to Jim, which had many seasons, and I avoided, like, the plague. So he's doing his thing. The good thing about Jim Belushi is that he's going to be doing his thing. He's in he's in Twin Peaks The Return, and he's doing his thing. Like, he, he's just, he this is. is what he does. And Elizabeth Perkins was... Uh, typecast a lot as kind of severe, like critical woman, which is interesting because her her she has her first big role right after this movie, which is big, and like it's like she's literally dating Tom Hanks, who was a child, and she's a lot softer in that, but she's mostly known for being like aggressive, especially like on Weeds, where. She plays mm-hmm. Celia, the character that everybody hates and that everybody kind of wants to die all the time, but she just, like, keeps living. Anyway. It's true. I couldn't figure out what about her face was, like, giving me the, like, mm, why do I feel irritated at you? And then I looked at her IMDb and the answer was there. I love her. I have always, I have always loved her. Uh, she, she's, I'm pretty sure she's, she's Wilma in like the first live action Flintstones movie. Oh my God. That's incredible. Yeah. She Honestly. Is, yeah. I see it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so we've got, so we've got the skeptical friend. We've got the douchey friend. And we've got a bunch of yuppie shit happening in Chicago. They're doing little baseball games. They're going on little bike rides. They're having little picnics. Them and Megan Mullally is there, which, like, I had to do, like, a double take. Just popping up, as usual, being horny and hilarious. Who is, like, supposed to be her friend, but is constantly trying to get Rob Lowe and, like, is so casual about it. And also, Demi Moore doesn't seem to ever be mad at her. Like, whenever Rob Lowe does anything wrong, like, credit to her. She's mad at him directly. (laughs) She never, like, she never is like, hey, Megan Mullally, maybe, like, stop flirting with him. She's like, why is he flirting with her? (laughs) I have words about that, but we'll get to it when we get to that part of the, the story. So they have. She was restrained to say the least. <laughs> that was crazy. Yeah, so the opening is one of the most annoying monologues. And it's one of those things where it's like the, supposedly they're telling a story in several different locations and they just haven't finished the story. So you have to wonder if they're like taking like pause moments because like they're walking, then they're on the bus, then they're somewhere else and whatever. Seemingly hours pass as he tells this story 
see frame by frame i this guess fake story this thing that definitely did not happen that i had trouble Absolutely like not. even trying to understand what he was trying to say like there was this broad and she did blah 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 and then rob Lowe's just constantly asking well was she a pro which i guess means was she a sex worker and it's like it's clearly supposed to be funny and it's really just exhausting and you re- and you know that it's exhausting coming from me because i love bro shit i do i'll watch bros sounded, talk shit all the time but this was bullshit this was like a bad like reddit self post like that somebody wrote trying like a teenage boy wrote to like sound cool about the time he like bagged an older lady like it didn't happen yeah <laughs> yeah no it absolutely didn't most of the stories i just feel like didn't happen i do believe that jim belushi gets laid because <sighs> oh, because for sure because he seems like he creeps around until he can find whoever's drunk and will handle yeah. like you know absolutely and he's also the kind of guy who's chubby but clearly doesn't sleep with any fat women <laughs> no he was only looking for very hot very drunk girls he could take advantage of like he i mean the first thing he says to demi Moore, i believe is you know you're a very attractive woman has anyone ever told you that which like sir obviously she's demi Moore. obviously it's it's demi Moore. i also love like demi Moore. excuse me i also love that like these are i you know what i'm sure that they were in there i'm gonna check the because i have this theory that like people used to just look older <laughs> and now yeah, people no, generally I mean, I look younger I think that's absolutely true because of like makeup and Botox, etc. Us learning about sunscreen and also just like styling. Like I think that as in the last like 20 or 30 years, like, you know, it used to be that like women over like 30 or 35, like shouldn't wear a mini skirt. And like, that's obviously bullshit. Like nobody abides by those kind of, I mean, some people do, but like generally speaking, we don't abide by the, the kind of like, uh archaic victorian rules of like modesty and like age appropriateness okay. and like okay i'm losing my mind that's my theory i'm losing my mind because roblo was was 22 <laughs> and for me that looked like a 30 year old man <laughs> i mean i would have said 25 but 22 is a baby like that, that was, was yeah <laughs> he was like oh, and uh Demi Moore was Demi Moore was older she was 24. Okay that seems but I still like if you had told me she was 30 I would have been like that seems right. How is Jim Belushi? That man looks 30. With that hairline? (laughs) Oh yeah oh oh yeah (laughs) oh yeah he was um he was 32. Yeah. So why is he hanging out with a 22 year old? And when they're together, it's, it is like, kind of like I needed, I kind of needed like a better explanation as to why they were friends. Because I was just like, is that your little brother? Somebody should have, he should have just been like, this is my little brother. Because that's the only way that this right, like, makes did sense. Right. Like, did you used to, did you used to babysit him? And then you like one day decided to get drunk together? Like what's going on? And, and also when, Joan accused them of having a of him being in the middle of a homosexual panic. He changed the subject. He didn't exactly deny it. <laughs> Food for thought. 
And Elizabeth Perkins, let's see, how old was she? She was 26. Yeah, Elizabeth Perkins was the only person who I felt... Elizabeth Perkins and Demi Moore both seemed like, okay, they... I don't know. Every the make I also just feel like the makeup in the eighties just made kind of like aged people. Like it was very oh, more deliberate. Sure. Like when I don't know, like I don't know many people in their twenties who like do it quite like that anymore. No, there's none of the like dewy skin was not a thing back then. Like for I don't know what it is about like the shade of the blush people used in the eighties, but. It isn't doing anybody any favors in terms of, like, not making them look five years older than they are. Like, sometimes it looks great, but also, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it was the combination of, like, color palettes, but there's something about the 80s eyeshadow and just general makeup and the hair, frankly, that, like, all these bitches in their little cardigan twin sets look like they could be pushing 50 Yeah, when they're, like, 32. I can't believe Rob Lowe was 22. I mean... I mean, he does look baby-faced as hell. Yeah, he just, like... He's such a demon in this movie. So they, like... He really so is. They, he's a fuckboy. <laughs> just a classic fuckboy. So him and, him and Demi Moore, like, sleep together, and then Demi's like, all right, I'm leaving. And he's just, like, myth like oh my god she's she's leaving and you find out that she's sleeping with her boss who is constantly playing smart every single time i see this man i was like this was the smarmy man of like so many so many decades i remember he was the smarmy bad guy in the first halloween town movie he's calabar the first bad guy Oh, I thought you meant just like the genre of person that the character was. And I was like, yes, he's still the smarmy man today. Yeah, no. But you actually are referring to the actor no, 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 who no. does in fact play other smarmy I men. I mean, yeah, he does. Like this character, I know this character for playing smarmy men specifically. I love that. <laughs> like, wait, have you never seen Halloween Town? Oh my. Wait, the Disney yes! movie? Yes. He's the bad guy. He's. It's been a few years, but I've seen oh it. Oh my God. Okay. That's very important. I'm so glad that you said that. I was like, whoa, you haven't seen Halloween Town? Just like a very smarmy, like, you know, kind of not, doesn't seem especially smart. Like, no. I know he's the boss, but, like, he's just kind of lurking around, like. I mean, I just think it's just, like, something to do. <laughs> like, if for, for. Right, exactly. I mean, at least for Demi Moore, it's something to do. For him, I don't know what he wants. I can never tell what he wants. He seems to care more about her then he communicates to her, but it doesn't really matter in the end. It also seems like he mostly just likes having her under his thumb. Like, he doesn't really care about her, but he doesn't want her to be with someone else because then he doesn't have her as a backup or whatever. And it's just like, just go to a bar. Like, in this movie, you think that, like, women just fall from the sky. They're fucking everywhere, man. <laughs> <laughs> It's really unreal. I feel like that's common in a lot of, like, 90s sitcoms, too. Like, Frasier and, like, probably Cheers. I haven't watched it, but I assume. And it's like, where all these bitches come from? Yeah. what? And also, like, are your bars just constantly cycling through, like, new populations? Like, you're going to the same bar. I assume it's getting a fairly regular crowd. Oh, yeah. That bar, that bar has so many people in it. It's so, it's so packed all the time new people old people like it's no it's crazy yeah it, the bar's always packed but it's also a new cast of characters every time like in terms of the women that are seemingly available to these men like where are these bitches coming from 
I don't know. Like, in a, it's a man's world, apparently. And men just, the way that they, that the way is. that they look at women in this movie, the way the camera looks at women, but also just, and the characters, the camera and the characters are very much in sync in terms of like, like we're, we're seeing nipples. We're seeing like women are just minding their own business. Like, like I'm just sexualizing women at this, at this like corporate baseball game. <laughs> Oh my god, like the one girl with her little booty shorts on and they're like talking for so long about how you can like sort of see her underwear underneath and that's offensive and I couldn't tell if he was offended that you couldn't just see her pussy or that you could see her underwear and that in of itself was too tempting. Well, you see... Extremely rapey conversation. Well, you see, as a man, he is being tempted and it's irresponsible by her flogging her body her body is in motion in his line of vision you see how upsetting in space and there are parts of it visible that he cannot handle seeing well no the boner situation is out of control men just simply they just can't like they're just raging boners at every minute it's also interesting that like i get that these are like bros or whatever but it's like they're so loud about it like it's weird that they never get they never get found out and also it seems like the whole time that rob Lowe is faking it like he's trying to oh a hundred percent he has he's never he has never anything to say he's just like "Uh uh-huh like which you pro like he doesn't have stories he doesn't even have the mind to create the story it's like like, he fucking says i love you like three days in and then has to catch himself by saying i love making love to you which like that's worse if someone i had been fucking for two days told me they loved making love to me i would be making love no but like every single time it's frankly if someone i've been dating for two years said they love making love to me i'd be out of there probably (laughs) well you've never been seduced with saxophone music obviously obviously not so it's and it's so interesting because the conflict of the film is like between him trying to live this bro lifestyle and him being in love with demi moore and but when he's living this bro lifestyle it's so half-assed like if you told me that he was secretly gay and that he was pretending (laughs) i would believe you i buy it i buy it how many times does he like come really close with someone and then be like but no like it reminds me of a frat boy in college i knew who i like hooked up with a few times and my friends hooked up with a few times and like the same story every time he always got like a headache or a stomach ache like right before things got a little serious <laughs> you know sometimes there's just something else going yeah. on there's more to that story yeah. but you know it's it's and it's almost like the movie kind of he's like a proto kind of like ted mosby but he's like he's trying to hide it <laughs> i was thinking about how i met your mother a lot watching this like both the bar, you know again for like a bar where like new women are just randomly appearing all the time and just, like, this kind of losery dude. I mean, that's doing Ted Mosby a lot of credit because Roblo is significantly hotter. No offense to whoever plays Ted Mosby. Sorry, that was maybe a little That's see, That's Josh Radner, and it's fine. He'll, Josh he'll Radner. survive. He's never going to hear this. Josh Radner, if you're listening to this, don't you have better things to do? I don't know. I'm sorry. <laughs> but, I mean, look at Roblo. Look at those baby blues. Come on. Um... I'm not, I'm not saying anything we don't all know. Anyway, let me stop being a bitch. 
and just go back to the fact that this character, his what is his drive? He like talks about wanting to have a restaurant, and he has this like cute little friend at the diner who is, you know, and it's I just watched A Wonderful Life and A Muppet Christmas Carol. And I was like, okay, so we have this boss who's very clearly a Scrooge type. He's like, kick him out. I don't care. Blah, blah, blah. I hate everyone. Give me money. <laughs> and Rob Lowe, like, doesn't like him, but isn't quite willing to stand up to him. But, well, kind of, but we'll go behind his back. So you're like, all right, Rob Lowe, you're kind of, like, half-assedly trying to be a good person. But, like, I don't know, maybe you didn't have very many good examples set for you in your life. Something about it is just you need a little bit of a kick in the pants. And you would think that this relationship with this beautiful woman would be that kick in the pants. But because he's a 20-something-year-old man, of course, instead it's like, oh, no, I'm chained down by this beautiful life. It's I have to escape. It's so crazy when you think about him being 22 because it's like he works for a restaurant supply place which is which is uh he works there with jim belushi which i'm assuming is how they met because they didn't go to school together there's no fucking way well and i think i think that they're supposed to both be in their mid-20s that's so funny funny. he looks like he already has kids i don't know what to say i mean yes but i do think rob lowe is supposed to be like the same age as the rest of the you know like i feel like they're supposed to be like 25 but like Oh yeah, Jim Belushi was one way they talk about a birthday. Oh yeah, Jim Belushi. Yeah, Jim Belushi is clearly a man in his thirties. That man has seen more of life. That again, the hairline. I I mean, I've seen kids go bald earlier in life, but that's not a kid. That's a grown ass man. I was was trying to to say Jim Belushi was married. Was already married while making this movie and he already had a kid and his entire energy is i'm already married and i already have a kid i kept on thinking that the twist right like if you said if you told me that that was a twist movie that he had kids and was married like i'd be like yeah 100 percent that track yeah like i honestly like every sitcom husband until the mid 2010s probably was jim belushi yeah like a really hot wife who he inexplicably hated yeah, you're you're just according to Jim. You're describing the show according to Jim. <laughs> I was like married with children. Was that him? No, he was according that... to Jim. That was him. That's the show. It was on for like nine no. years. I've never heard of it before this conversation. I... <laughs> yes, that's like the actual title. I remember accidentally why did all these dudes get their own shows that were all exactly the same it's so crazy like who likes these old white people i guess didn't they have qvc to watch they they like sitcoms too they like comedy and i say comedy like loosely but the show ran from 2001 to 2009 it had eight seasons 182 episodes and it and wow. it was on ABC. <laughs> Damn, you could really stretch it out back then. You mean you back- know, every season of every show was like twenty something episodes. That's still the case for network television. <laughs> network television hasn't changed. Yes. Yeah, I think it's funny because I've much- I've been noticing people reacting to Abbott Elementary's schedule and gaps and stuff it's like it's so funny it's like people are obsessed with the network tv show young people are for the first time in a long time and they seem to have forgotten how it works 
And like that's how yeah. it works. There's like twenty something episodes a season. Right. And like they have little holiday yes. gaps and yes. shit. Exactly. Yes. It was network television. I mean, he was John Belushi's brother. Of course he was gonna, you know, coast a little bit. He was on he he was even on SNL for a few years. He was on SNL before this movie. So that's probably Oh wait, John Belushi's a different person. I was totally conflating them into one person in my head. No, John John Belushi was part of the original SNL. And he died. Uh, Jim Belushi is his brother who's alive and was on SNL for a little bit in the 80s and then did this movie. And then he actually did really well for himself, obviously, or he wouldn't have gotten his own show. But yeah, he's already been on SNL by the time this movie starts. So SNL probably got him this role. Okay. That's a good little bit of backstory. That makes sense. That all tracks. These are two different guys that I had conflated, which is something I do a lot. Yeah, there was John and then there was Jim and they were brothers. Yes. Yes. And so, oh, something I was going to say, uh, this also I was thinking about while watching this movie, was it like, I mean, you know, there's so much conversation now about like the kinds of movies that don't get made anymore, aka like most of them, but like any kind of mid-budget movie is so hard to get made today. And like, I feel like this kind of like storyline that's just like, you know, character-based sort of drama is almost always like shuttled to tv shows now like you don't see a lot of movies that just like you know like you said it's like kind of boring like it's taking its time even though it's like also I found the like dialogue and the pacing very compelling I feel like a lot of like if you like pitch this people would just be like oh like it seems like it should be a show like you don't you know you don't get a lot of movies American movies at least like Hollywood movies that have like this kind of air in them even though there's not a lot of like air everyone's the dialogue is pretty um, well yeah I mean this I mean this used to be a kind of movie that you could make and it would be released in theaters and it would make money like that was that I mean that was a thing in 1986 when this movie came out the budget was 8.5 million it made 38.7 million so it that's a modest thing but it's like tri-star pictures like yeah this was yeah (laughs) trying to get you acclimated to this kind of movie because this is the kind of movie that I grew up watching like this was like oh it's four white people in conflict okay like that was <laughs> that was the movie that i watched i didn't watch genre movies very much i didn't do any of that i started here and i mean it's clear you know since this is based on a play it's very play like it's very how can we pull yeah. conflict out of these everyday situations it the problem with this movie is that I don't want any of the men in this to have happiness, including Rob Lowe. Um, and there are times I like almost want Rob Lowe to have happiness, but like, why is he still friends with this fucking shithead Jim Belushi? Like, just take it a step farther, you know? I also just find him really boring. Like, whenever, whenever it was Elizabeth Perkins and Demi Moore, they were having an interesting conversation. Of, I mean, the thing is, is that Elizabeth Perkins is funny in a more like like kind of Caustic like universal way. way like she's just funny whereas like Jim Belushi is a very specific kind of funny and if you're not into that um it's just like it, it means nothing to you he's he has giant boomer energy 
Like <laughs> when you and you could tell that if you if he heard you say that, he would be like, "She's not universal. Like she's a very specific kind of funny." Because it, what he's saying is that it would be women. Only women could find her funny because he doesn't have room in his little brain for. And you know anything but his own version of comedy. I mean, Elizabeth Perkins is a very classic kind of character—the kind of like wise, Definitely. the kind of like wise, cracking, independent woman kind of character. And that character came up in women's pictures in the twenties and the thirties. So she, uh, her, her style of comedy, her style of performance has more longevity than what he does. What he does is a very kind of modern invention kind of like based in crassness that was kind of like big in the 80s Mm. this isn't me saying crass is in like a bad thing I mean I love the Dice Man I love Andrew Dice Clay and he's kind of like the worst offender of this but the difference is is that Andrew Dice Clay I feel like I could have a good time with him in a way that I don't think that I could with Jim Belushi and it's really just an energy thing like yeah. the energy is a little different. <laughs> I had to look up Andrew Dice Clay because I'm not familiar with him. Love the Dice Man. <laughs> Never heard of him, but I know what you mean. And like, yeah, yeah I think that. I mean, I watch it. I was like, or as you're saying that, and watching it, I was like, she has like his Girl Friday energy, like kind of like a Catherine Hepburn energy, like like you said, sort of this archetype of the like wise and witty like cynical friend and I love that Shim Belushi like you know in the end starts sort of coming after her and she's just like oh no as if like there isn't I half expected them to be like they're gonna end up together so I was glad that didn't happen but I mean it might it still I alluded mean, that, to enough you know yeah like he, he didn't like, she it, didn't not like blow she didn't blow him off sufficiently for me well, the thing is, is that, like, their their dynamic, the whole, their whole, like, sexist and kind of like a, not even a feminist, but kind of like what a man's idea of a feminist is, that kind yes. of pairing, like, you know, that's something that you build sitcoms around. Like, you could, you could see them being married on screen and she's talking shit and he's just like, well, whatever. Exactly. And then it's just like, like, do they hate? Brother, do they love each other? Like it's, it's like, like an enemies to lovers possible situation. It's a very heterosexual kind of like pairing. Yes, <laughs> and like a, like it's very heterosexual culture. I that, mean, the whole that, movie that, is extremely heterosexual. I'm not sure that gay people exist in this movie at all. No, but no, they don't. It's it, I mean, it's it's not about them. It's about. I mean, but they're in Chicago. Like, it's a big city. I assume that there were gay people in Chicago. You know, I've never been. Yeah, but... I mean, but these people don't know any gay people. I don't believe that any of them know... I believe Megan Mullally knows gay people. That's the only person in the movie who I think knows gay people. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. This is not their... uh, Not their... Future... Ministry. And if for some reason you don't know who Megan Mullally is... I do know is, who that's... Megan Mullally is. No, I'm not talking about you. I'm okay, talking well, to the audience. Often you are talking about me, so forgive me. But yes, that's fair. <laughs> no. And, you know, listeners, if you don't know who Megan Mullally is, that's, you know, Will and Grace, beautiful, a very important television show to me. I watched every single episode of Will and Grace. I watched it so much that it's kind of impossible for me to watch it anymore. Like, I've I can't. Seen it. 
Oh, it was a big show for me. Yeah. I, mean, I know <laughs> it what pretty... it is, obviously. Megan Mullally, to me, is like, what's her name on Parks and Rec? Primarily. Tammy. Yes, Tammy. She's so funny. I love her. I like One thing that I kept thinking watching this movie was that, like, aside from the technology, like, the landlines and the payphones, like, not much about this dating scene has changed. Probably. I mean, especially if we're just talking about the heterosexuals, like, you know, a little bit, like, guys aren't quite that obvious about that shit anymore, but also, like, probably they are. I don't know if people in Chicago are like, like, it's just wild that it's been 30 years and we're still out here struggling. It's been longer than 30 years, right? It's been 40 years. I mean, okay, so we're not really explaining what happens in this movie. And I mean, part of it's that not a lot happens, but they, it's just, they're sleeping together. Demi Moore doesn't want to get serious. Rob Lowe does. Rob Lowe asks her to move in. They move in together. And then Rob Lowe's like, huh, I don't know about this right here. And then like, he kind of treats it like they're roommates. Cause it's like, what I think it is, is that he's in love with her, but he's so much of a baby that he can't like really fully own it. And I mean, that makes sense, like based on his age, but it's, but it's clear that she's all in. And I also think it's really funny near the end where she said that my time with you was like the happiest time of my life because like, I'm sure that she thinks this now, but, like, she could have so much better than him. Like, he's just a child. He's like, their so entire issue and, like, is that he's a child. He's a child. She doesn't even, she doesn't do anything wrong. Like, I don't think anything that she does in the movie is wrong. Like, the things that he gets mad at her about are just, like, stupid. It's like, oh, you're trying to make this perfect dinner. And it's like, yeah, she's trying to make a dinner. What the fuck is your problem? She, got, she wanted a turkey for Thanksgiving and you're acting like that's unforgivable. Like you were going to get a ham? Like, yeah, no. Or no, I guess no. she wanted, whatever. I can't remember. But no, it's, he, he did so much wrong. She did nothing wrong. And she also like, he was the one who wanted to move in with her. Like he kept progressing the relationship and then freaking out that it was progressing, which is again, like. Very realistic. Like, that's, a again, a classic fuckboy move. Like, a man in his mid-20s? Yeah, sounds about right to me. Like, he'll say I love you on the first or second date at, like, accidentally turn it into something else. And then when you actually say I love you several months later, won't say it back to you. Even though you already live together? I don't know. I thought that was insane. Yeah, it's crazy that... He- it's it's crazy they move to in me together that she before they say I love you like bitch what it, it's crazy honestly that she moves in with him when he asks her because she like <laughs> because she knows that he's immature that's her whole reason for work. and I don't even know if the movie is aware like if the movie is as intuitive as she is as a character which is another big problem with it. It's, it's the, interesting like she... you say that because I felt like, yes, the the her character development is, like, almost, like, despite the movie. Like, yeah. she's not interested in her advancement because, A, she doesn't really have much advancing to do. If anything, she just kind of regresses or stalls out. Like, going back to the yeah. dude who doesn't really do much to prove that, like, he's, like, really ready to be in a committed relationship. And, like, what is she doing for her own life? Like... Yeah, no, we don't learn anything about her career. We just, we're like, it just seems like everything's fine for her. It's Rob Lowe who needs to grow. And he's kind of the protagonist. 
But like his growth is so, as we understand it now, it's just like really basic stuff. It's really basic. It's like at one point he says, when he said he's breaking up with her, you know, like two thirds of the way through the movie and says to her, I don't love you anymore. And then he like has the audacity and she starts to pack up to leave. He says one thing, you know you'll know is that I never fooled around and she's like oh somebody get the boy a medal and I was like honestly thank you because like that's uh, men frequently say that shit like they deserve a medal she's like what a sacrifice you've made forgive me I didn't know what a sacrifice you've made and like I'm glad that she said that and was a little surprised that she did because the movie doesn't usually seem to like see her as that fully realized a person and like it did seem like that was something of an inflection point in their breakup like he realized that he was being a jackass but was not quite able to like take it back yeah and I mean he just doesn't really do anything that indicates to me that he really like understands how to grow up like all he knows is that he loves her and that he's going to try and I guess that's enough but that wouldn't that wouldn't be enough for me personally it wouldn't be enough for me I was just sitting here just like thinking like as a 30 year old woman no like you move in like that's the thing like that's the thing that is (laughs) I feel like I'm like going on like a like a going on like rant mode but like this is an issue with men where they'll tell you that they love you and then they'll be like, and then they'll think, oh, no commitment comes with this. Nothing comes with this. You just said it and it's off your chest. And doesn't it feel good? Like if the ramifications fuck those, <laughs> like, it's like, you know, you can love someone and not say anything right. if you're no- not ready. <laughs> it's a classic reaping sewing situation. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, they're just not consequences. Who are those? nobody cares nobody wants to deal with that and it's just fun to be in the moment you know they want to have their cake and eat it too and also have her make the cake and clean up after it like it's just you know he lets jim belushi get to him and then also with her breaking up and she says like do you know why it doesn't work he's just like no it just isn't like there's no self-awareness And when they talk later and come back together at the end, there's nothing to indicate that he was aware of his issues or immaturity or the flaws. Like, he sort of apologizes, but, like, not really. And also, the other thing that really got my goat was that she saw him kiss Megan Mullally on New Year's and never said said shit about it. This is why, this is, she's a... She's really bonkers. She, she is really incredibly chill, which kind of just makes everything worse because you've got a woman this chill, this okay with putting up with your shit, and he's still fucking up. Like that's incredible. No, because he knows he can get away with it. It's just like my fucking abusive boyfriend when I was seventeen told me to my face at one point, like you let me get away with it once, so I knew I could get away with it again. Like that's crazy. But also, I guess, and of course, we got you know, we got Jim Belushi. <laughs> then we got Jim Belushi over here being like, "Oh, whatever, she's the one who did something wrong." And it's like, dude, this is why you're you are single, single, single. That's a bachelor, honey. That's a bachelor. <laughs> I just wish there was somebody in the like, movie, like if Elizabeth Perkins had gotten a scene where she could just like 
walk over to Rob Lowe and just be like, you know that like he just wants you to be as miserable as he is, right? Because that's a, that's the other thing. Right. Someone Elizabeth Perkins him. did nothing wrong. <laughs> She was like, she was, she had legitimate concerns the entire time. She was dead right. She was right she was about everything. Like, he's immature. He's like not ready. He he hangs out with this fucking pig. You're you're ditching me Loser. for him. You're like you're forgetting your friends. You're moving in with him too quickly. All of that was true. <laughs> like, all of it was true. <laughs> If this is not a situation where she was correct about yeah, all of it's it, so, and like it's, it's so interesting. You know, the idea it's like, oh, both of their friends don't want them to be together. It's like one person doesn't want them to be together; the other one just wants you wants like both parties to grow up. Like that's really it, right? One of them wants them both to grow up, and one of them actively yeah. does not. <laughs> like it's so obvious. Like. This is not a, like, both sides have their perspectives and who's, like I said, beginning, like, who's to say, who's right, like, you know, life's a crazy thing. Yeah, like, this movie is very much, like, misogyny makes a few points, and it's like, it really doesn't, though. It really doesn't. (laughs) It really doesn't. And, like, it's also kind of like, who cares? Boys will be boys, won't they? Ho, ho. Yeah, I just... What are you upset about? All this? All those times when he's like, he takes a woman home, he's about to do it, and then he's just like, no, I can't. And it's like, at any point, like, in the cab ride, in the walk home, could you have not wasted this woman's time? If I'd come all the way over to a guy's house and he was just like, I'm sorry, I'm just thinking of someone else, I'd be like, bitch, are you serious? <laughs> exactly. You don't need to say that to yeah, my no, face, I don't need mother to know that. Are you kidding me? I don't this need to know that. Inform- That's none of my this business. That's not information for me. What's wrong with you? Keep that shit in your head. Just be like, oh no, I am about to have diarrhea. And excuse yourself like a gentleman. You fucking douche. I would find a drink and pour well, it in his face if there was not one readily near me. Like, bitch, shut the fuck up. Get out of my house. If it's your house, get out anyway. I don't think so. I close my eyes and see my house, so you get out. So absolutely no tact this man and he thinks he's doing something noble he's very much a nice guy you know he thinks he's such a nice guy and it's like yeah you help out this old man with his restaurant like whatever i don't know anything about this old man for all i know he could be his wife (laughs) i don't give a shit so that's not enough sir you're not george bailey You don't have a whole town well, behind you. Well, see, you. if we're comparing men to George Bailey, they're going to lose every single time. Because, like, what a man. Well, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, you could not get a more perfect man. <laughs> He's going to lasso you the fucking moon. That thing's worth a lot. <laughs> Elon Musk wants it. China wants it. We want it. Everybody wants the everybody, fucking moon. Leave it alone, everybody I wants say. The moon. Could be full of bees. <laughs> Maybe What's-His-Face was right. There could be moon bees. We don't know what's in there. The moon's haunted tweet could come true. It's none of our business. Much like these people's lives are none of each other's business. And yet, and oh my God, the other thing that really, I was like, Jim, I'm going to get you, whatever your name, Belushi. Talking about, you don't want a girl who's been around. You don't know where she's been. 
bitch, where the fuck have you been? You look like you don't wash your dick. Oh, no, he absolutely does not wash his dick. He doesn't wash his ass because that's gay. <laughs> he probably doesn't own a bar of soap. He's probably like that great conservative geek who tweeted about how he uses dish soap for shampoo. Oh, my God, what? <laughs> you don't know about what I'm talking Who's the guy who was like, Talked about how the, he used dog shampoo for months and was like, the pic, the label is not clear. And then someone pulled up a picture. It's like a huge oh picture of a Oh my god, yes, and I He was do like, a picture, means, a picture means nothing. I've used shampoo with pictures of women folding laundry and doing dishes. And I was like, sir, you're using laundry detergent and dishwashing fluid on your head and admitting it to the public square. Well, for well, no because, reason. Because, you know, real men don't pay attention to skincare. Did I ever tell you my friends did? I thought you were going to say skid marks because it's really oh, true. Yeah. My friend one time for like a feminist, um, it was like a feminist like education conference, did a presentation on men's makeup websites and how like they are branded in a way where it's just like makeup for men like every like every little bit of the website is designed to affirm your masculinity <laughs> oh absolutely because like god forbid you acknowledge that you're using a like feminine coded product like you're not wearing makeup you're wearing man cup <laughs> man cup <laughs> i don't know man up man something it would definitely macho makeup makeup for men ah uh, yes testicle paint so, based on this film, are you ready to continue our journey into the past? How are you feeling about the past? Oh, for sure. I mean, you know, the past is a funny thing. It it stays with us in so many ways. Like, again, I feel like if you swap out the landlines and the payphones for, like, text and DMs, like, you have a modern movie. Like, some jackass could make this movie and, like, would it do well? No. Like, people would definitely be like, this is problematic. But like, a bunch of douchebags would be like, oh, you cancel culture. Like, it's funny. Like, I don't even think you'd have to change any of the dialogue, really. (laughs) You really? These people are still out and about doing their thing. You know what I mean? Like, do I, I don't even know how much I feel like I was in the past. I feel like I'm in my living present, unfortunately. Like, I kept thinking that. I was like, oh, yeah, I've been there. Like, Oof, terrible, but relatable. And, like, what a tragedy that almost 40 years later, it's still so relatable. Yeah. That's my main takeaway. So that will probably be my sentiment again. <laughs> Bring it on. I mean, there are if we're going, it's see, and I have my, my, uh, what's the word? I've had my toe dipped in the past. If you go farther back, like, I love the Stepford Wives and the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Neither of those are rom-coms, but, you know. Yeah, that's Talking the seventies. Depictions of women. <laughs> I did they have rom coms in the seventies? Uh yes, th- yes they did. Um I don't really think it wasn't really a big rom com decade, but they do exist. And I'll show you some. Great. I'm excited <laughs> about it. I'm excited to see more of men are from Mars, women are from Venus, rewritten a million times. I mean it is like I said, it's funny. I feel like this movie is very it's partially just the pacing and that it's a bit slow, but it really, like, reminds me of more of TV shows. There are more TV shows that it reminded me of than movies, and I'm sure that's just indicative of this being the beginning of my journey, but it's interesting to see how those storylines have shifted into, like, 
television narratives and like they were probably television narratives at the time too and there was just more room for this because people were less obsessed with VFX. I mean people were also obsessed with VFX in the 80s but I mean it, I, I mean they mm-hmm. had like they had like you know of course there were like sitcoms in the 80s but in terms of like talking about sex and showing nudity no there really wasn't that there was the sense of this you know, maturity it's funny because I was thinking that I was like, I feel like today, like this would all be uh, like net, like a TV show, maybe even prestige TV because they're talking about sex. And I was like, what am I talking about? Network shows talk about sex all the time. That's all Grey's Anatomy is, but it's in a different way. And obviously the sex scenes themselves were pretty explicit here in a way that net- network TV couldn't hit. But I mean, we all just know also the audiences have changed and inflation and blah, 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 studio monopolies, like. People just aren't going to go, like, shell out theater money to see a bunch of white people talking about their problems the same way anymore, unless it's directed by, like, Noah Baumbach or Greta Gerwig. If it's Greta Gerwig, I definitely will go see those white people talk about their problems. I'm happy to do that anywhere, but, you know. Yes, yes, yes. We used to be a country. We did. We used to be a country. We used to be a proper country where you could watch movies about several different topics that were wide release like i mean i can watch movies about several different topics but you know it's not always an option for everybody or maybe it's in the theater and they don't know about it or it's only in a theater in big cities like the access is just yes um so big companies fuck you but also hire me maybe for your movie (laughs) so if you would rather watch another film than this if you know i like to give a little recommendation at the end and my recommendation is actually another edward zwick romantic film with nudity in it it's called love and other drugs which is much better than this (laughs) i actually like love and other drugs quite a bit so he was able to do it right once (laughs) (laughs) Ooh, judy greer and hathaway Wait, you've Another never you've never cast. heard of Love and Other Drugs? That's Anne- I've heard of it, but I've never seen it. Anne Hathaway and Jake Gyllenhaal. One thing this movie had going for it is like Debbie Moore and Rob Lowe actually have chemistry, and like when they look at each other, you can feel something. Whereas like so many movies now are cast by like names people think like money to get will make money together versus like if the people actually have chemistry, and that's something that we're really sorely lacking. It's true. I mean, Lana Condor is doing her best, God bless her. Her Noah Santino did a great job. And, you know, we had Viggo Mortensen and Christian Stewart during their freak thing in Crimes of the Future this year. God bless them. That's that's an example of good chemistry for you. You know what? That's my line reading of the year. (laughs) Anything in her performance in that movie. Anything in her performance. Well, listeners, that was Bad Romance. This podcast is on all of the different podcast apps. The theme song is done by Clutch Douglas. We will be back talking about another slightly older romantic film next week. Hopefully, possibly. We're hoping. We're praying. We're working on it. We're working on it. In the meantime, please enjoy 2023. Because at least it's not 2022. Hey! All right. uh, I'm Jordan Searles. I'm Caroline Conrad. Bye. Bye! Bye!